As coaches, some of the best work we do happens in the heat of the moment when we're just really plugged into the client sitting in front of us. Now, you've probably heard me talk about how every coach has a signature system. I've talked about it before on this show, but today's guest is going to take that whole conversation to an entirely new level and leave you feeling super confident about the value of your work. Hi there, I'm Dallas Travers, your host here at Coaches on a Mission, and Audrey Joy Kwan just might be my favorite guest expert this whole year. And you know, I almost didn't invite her her to come on the show because she's this intellectual property expert, and I worry that a conversation about IP wouldn't be that helpful to you, the listener, given where your business is at. But I was totally wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. In fact, you see, your intellectual property is simply any system in your business that creates a result for your clients. So when you're sitting in front of that client, using your coaching superpowers to help them move along, you've got IP sitting in there. We need to uncover it. And that's what Audrey is really good at. So as you'll hear from her, when you identify your intellectual property and really own it, you'll sell more easily, your marketing becomes more compelling, and best of all, your confidence grows through the roof. So before I turn it over to Audrey, let me share a little bit about her. She is on a mission to show consultants, coaches, and marketers that they can build a joyful million-dollar service-based business with a lean team. Audrey knows what it takes to build a business with a team, whether it's going from solo to two, three, five, or 20, she's been there. So she's here today to help you pivot and create delivery systems that give you more freedom from client work so you can get more time and freedom back in your life. This interview really left me feeling uplifted and a little more legit as a business owner, and I hope it has the same effect for you. Let's get into it. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Audrey, you're here. We're going to talk about something that we've never discussed on the show before. So I'm so grateful that we've connected and really happy to have you here. I am so excited about today's topic. I don't think it's talked about enough in the coaching world. And yeah, I'm ready to dive in. So let's set a foundation. You and I were chatting a little bit before we hit record, and our audience, they typically have a track record in their own life and career. They've now transitioned into coaching, and they're ready to make their business real. They're ready to get strategic. So we're going to talk about intellectual property, and before we do, can you just define, help me and our listeners understand what intellectual property actually is? I think if you typed intellectual property into Google, you would get a whole bunch of jargon-based answers, right? And so I don't want us to lean into all that jargon. I really want us to think about intellectual property in a coaching or in a service business as the systems in your business that create results. Really, it's as simple as that one sentence, right? The systems in your business that create results. And if you look at your business or any business, there are some common systems that exist throughout all businesses, right? Now, these are not the only systems, but there are these five common systems. There's service delivery, there's Mm -hmm. marketing, there's sales, there's human resources, and there's admin, right? And through these systems, you create results. Now, each system creates a different result. And the key thing that I'm going to keep poking at here is that it ain't intellectual property unless it creates a result. 
I say this because I think when I work with a lot of service providers, what I see when we talk about intellectual property is that they have quote unquote processes. A process is kind of like how you do something. It's basic form. It's going from A to Z to accomplish a task. Accomplishing a task does not equal a result in your business. And so I want to just clarify that distinction. A system is about a result that is delivered. That's so helpful. So I feel like we could end now because I've already learned something. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) So I think a lot of people might mistake IP as being their content. Can you talk about that distinction? Because I think that was the assumption I was making before Mm -hmm. you and I started talking. Mm -hmm. So if you look at content, content can be looked at in two different ways. Number one, content can be in your marketing. And that's you doing marketing when you put content out in the world. That's not essentially IP. Right. Yeah. IP, intellectual property, is how you do something to create a result for the person you serve. So let's look at service delivery because that's the one that is the easiest for us to define here. If you look at a service delivery system, now there are certain things that you have to do in your business to take a client from point A to point Z. In between A to Z, there are a whole bunch of milestones that have to happen. If we identify what those milestones are and clearly pull out the processes for each of those milestones, what happens is you have a system. So a system means you go from A to B and B to C and C to D. Finally, you get to Z. And when you get to Z, a client has a result. That's what we call a service delivery IP. And of course, within A to B and B to C, there is content, right? Because that's how you help and support your people. But that's not you doing marketing. That's not your IP at all. Okay, so let me just reflect my understanding. So I'm a coach and I have two offers. One is private coaching. The other is power groups, which is just small groups. So my IP when it comes to service delivery is the step one, the intake form. So the questions that I ask and why, and then how we schedule our first session and what the structure of those sessions are and who's taking notes. There's something I created called attraction report, which is how we track progress and assignments and create accountability. So it's that process that's my IP. It's not actually the questions on my intake form or the blog I wrote about what should go in an intake form. You hit the nail on the head, Dolls. It's the process in itself. It's not the actual, like you mentioned, it's not the actual like intake form itself, right? It's all the processes connected together. I'm excited that you brought up a part of how you deliver your services because the part that you brought up is what we would call like the onboarding. So your onboarding process is probably just the beginning of your actual service delivery system. So if we talk about milestones in service delivery, onboarding is one milestone. All the processes that equal start of onboarding to end of onboarding is then the onboarding system, or I call playbook that's in your service delivery system. I'm glad that you brought that up because what we're really looking at when we're looking at IP is understanding your service delivery in terms of its milestones and what has to happen. Onboarding could be one milestone. Typically, it is in a coaching business where Mm -hmm. you have onboarding. And then if you're coaching one-to-one, you might have, let's say, five steps or six steps or six processes you take someone through in your business. Now, each of those steps or pillars in itself would have processes in them because you're taking someone from one outcome to the next. If you group those five together, if you had five pillars, that would be your implementation 
have your mm-hmm. implementation playbook. So now you've got your onboarding playbook, your implementation playbook. And then at the end, you could have offboarding, right? How are you offboarding a client or upselling the client or whatever it is that you need to do yeah. at the end of that relationship? And you have processes for that. So combine those three different playbooks, right? Yep. Playbooks, and you have yourself a system, right? And that system in itself is intellectual property. Ta-da. Okay. So I can feel it already. What about, I'm going to give a little context first. So a conversation we've had on this show a few times, and it's definitely that something that shows up inside of the hive is I'm a life coach. My job is to show up and use my intuition and ask excellent questions to bring the wisdom out of the client. I don't have a system. My system is to log into Zoom and coach. <laughs> and so from a, through a marketing lens, I talk a lot with my students about identifying the milestones their clients tend to reach in the process. And they have a signature system. They just also have complete unconscious competence around what that system is. So I'm just wondering what you would say to the listener who's thinking, yeah, that's great, but I'm a life coach and every client is unique and different. And it's my job to be present and in the moment. I don't have systems. I don't have IP in the way, Audrey, that you're describing them. There's two points I want to bring up here. The first point is this notion of like A to Z thinking that most experts have. Okay. So, and the second point is I'm going to talk about niching as well in a second and and Mm -hmm. why that's also important to helping develop IP. So the first thing, let's talk about A to Z thinking. So in my experience, and I'm sure in your experience as well to Dallas, when you have someone who's really good at something, they zip in their brains from A to Z. It's natural, A to Z. But within the A to Z that you're zipping from, there is what I call invisible workload. And if we want to create a business that is not self-employment, so this is why intellectual property is really Uh, important, right? So if you're building, first of all, there's nothing wrong with building a business for self-employment. Let's put that out there. Nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand the difference. Self-employment is building a business where it's only ever going to be you and you cannot scale it because it's dependent on your brain, you doing all the things in the business. Usually when you're in self-employment, you'll hit a capacity level and that's when you choose, right? You can choose to stay at capacity and be happy with what you have, or you can choose to scale or in this case, grow your business with assets. So a business is an asset. An asset means that you have things, i.e. intellectual property in your business that someone can come in and help you deliver. So this is why IP is so important in a business if you want to build a business. And if you want to stay in self-employment, okay. Now, if you want to build a business, you've really got to lean into understanding that from your A to Z thinking that there's this invisible workload in between. And our job is to tease out and uncover what that invisible workload is. I'll give you an example of some invisible workload that I see happening that some people just don't know is there. So let's say, for example, you go into your first coaching call with a client and you've got a whole set of questions that you're asking this client to figure out exactly what it is you're helping them solve. Well, there's going to be a pattern over time from that first call. That pattern of questions that you ask is how you pull out information to do the thing that you do. So pattern recognition is what we're looking at here, right? Mm -hmm. When we're looking at developing IP. So that's one example as a coach. If you feel that, oh, I just go into calls and I just ask the questions, you know, record. And if you're not recording, I recommend you record your calls. And these days with great AI out there, dump it into AI Translator, translate it back out and look 
for the patterns that are happening in your first call, in your second call, in your third call. There is going to be invisible workload, i.e. resources that you can build out there that will be your IP. So can you make the case for why this is so important? Like identifying and owning our IP, like bigger picture, why should I care? So this goes back to, again, this idea of building an asset in a business. When you build an asset in the business, it means that you are building something that doesn't have you stuck in the day-to-day forever and ever and ever, right? So if you want to have a business that really has high impact, you're going to want to impact more people, right? Serve more people in this world. And the reality is, if you're one person, you can only only serve so much people. Like you will come to a place in your business where unfortunately you can't pack your schedule with 50 one-to-one coaching clients. Not possible. Yeah. If you want to have something that is scalable, i.e. maybe you want to bring another coach in to support your services. Well, you're going to want them to do it in your way because you're going to have a very special method of getting results. But how do you train someone to do that? How? Right? You've got to have your processes, systems, aka IP in place to train this person to come in and help you. And in that way, you will serve more people in this world. You'll make a bigger impact. You know what's great about this too is, so I often use this metaphor of the lift ride litmus test. So (laughs) if your how-to, if your SOP, or in this case, if your IP was printed in a little booklet and you by accident left it in the back of your Lyft or your Uber, Could the next person get in the back of that car, read the manual, read the checklist, and know how to do the thing? So when it comes to me and my team, that's what we strive for with all of our processes, having it be so clear that no one feels trapped, (laughs) really, and like they can't take the afternoon off or take a month off. And I think that for many of our listeners, I could see them listening to this conversation and saying, that's something for later. But I think prioritizing IP now when you've got five clients and you're still maybe developing your expertise, it's going to set you up with agency, with options down the road. Can you speak into that at all? So IP isn't something, systems and processes isn't something you build once and it's done. It's not, I build it once and I'm totally done, right? The sooner we build out our systems and processes, the better we are able to iterate on them. So Mm -hmm. how we improve our service offerings, our coaching offerings, our consulting, whatever offerings it is that we have in our business is by understanding very clearly how we get to result and then looking at opportunities to make getting that result either faster or better. So better means is there analyzing our systems and processes and seeing, is there anything we need to add or remove? I'm just going to say this, creating a better IP or process and systems isn't always about adding things. Sometimes it's about removing things, right? I'm yes. just going to say that. Right? Removing things is really important because at the end of the day, you might have your first set of like systems and processes out there and you're running it according to how you, and you realize, mm-hmm. wait, like, there's this thing here. Why am I doing this thing here? I could just remove it and still get the same result. You know what? You've just created for yourself an opportunity to improve your coaching practice and improve your IP and also your unique value proposition in the marketplace. Because here's the thing. Most people don't care how long it takes to get to a result. They just want to get to a result. In fact, if you can get to a result faster, people are going to buy your thing faster. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in the question I was going to ask because this was going to be my next question. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on how 
solid IP benefits the sales process? How can it set a coach up to more easily attract clients and convert clients and retain clients? Have you ever been in a sales call when someone asks you, okay, so how are you going to help me get there? Every time. Every yes. single time, right? Okay, let's, <laughs> let's call it what it is, right? People, when they come into sales call, wants to know that they want to know that you have a process. You have a idea of how to take them from point A to point Z. And the better we can, I should say, verbalize that to the person in the sales call, the more trust and credibility we build in that sales call. Imagine someone asks you in a call, okay, so what's your what's the way you do that? How do you do that? And you say to them, well, that's easy. I'll just come into every single coaching session, ask you a few questions, and we'll figure it out. Okay. So Imagine if you said that, right? That's not powerful. It doesn't yeah. create trust, doesn't create credibility. But if you said something along the lines of, okay, thank you for asking that question. What I do in my practice, here are the five pillars that we work through. And in working through these five pillars, we'll get you from A to B to C or A to Z or whatever that is. Now someone has a visual roadmap in their head to how they're going to get what they want by working with you. And yeah. That's powerful. Totally. And that's IP. And that's IP. And even questions that aren't really answerable, such as, well, how long will it take to get there? Now, instead of shrugging and saying, well, that's up to you, everyone's different, right? You can say, what I can tell you is it's different for everyone. But when my clients go through this process, we find that at the six-month mark, they land at point G. The four-month mark, they might come into a pitfall. And so here's what we have built in place to support you. We can give a more data-driven and informed answer to that question, which gives us confidence. You hit the nail on the head again, because it's a powerful sales tool, not just inside the sales conversation, but let's say your contract. So you have a contract Mm -hmm. with a coaching client. Maybe that contract is six months. At the end of six months, it allows you to debrief for the client and say, okay, remember the five pillar process that we talked about? Through our time together, we got from A to B. Now they see the results, right? Because you're showing them the pillars that you got them through. And maybe they haven't completed all the pillars, right? Understandably, coaching is fluid. And so the ability to say, we got to this pillar, pillar four. We have two more pillars to go. Let's say we work together for six more months to get through the next pillars. You've got yourself a upsell, an embedded upsell when you create your IP for your coaching process. Yeah. I have a friend who was in a year-long like leadership mastermind, and when it came time to renew, there were no sales calls, no renewal conversations. Everybody got a checklist of this program's IP. Here were all of the pillars and all of the processes. Take yourself through the checklist and see how far you've come. Identify your next priorities. And it was a no-brainer to continue going for the reasons you're just mentioning. There's a track record. I see proof proof of the process and I also see the gap that's Mm -hmm. left to be filled. You just identified a process that was most likely arrived at from having done other things. So they probably optimized their process, which previously may have been sales calls, down to a checklist, (gasps) which streamlined it. Less is more, right? Less is more. And now they're using this checklist to run their own sales system. Ta-da. That's a very meta observation. <laughs> very meta, made. <laughs> meta observation. But here you go, right? Like, to arrive at something that powerful, right? Requires yeah. that you actually start to build out these systems in your business. I'm also just realizing the benefits. So we're talking about the selling benefit, but also the ease that can come through marketing, 
right? So if I'm just sitting down to create my Instagram content for the week, I'm going to have much more compelling and informed content if I refer to my IP than if I just think about like, what have I been talking to clients about lately? So you're selling me on this IP idea. Tell me more. I think oftentimes when we think of intellectual property in the form of systems and processes, we think to ourselves, oh, this is an internal thing. When I get to, I don't know, 18 clients, then I'll need, I'm making up that number here, by the way, but you know, I'm making up that number when I get to 18 clients, then I'll need systems and processes and IP, right? But I think what you're highlighting is very important because IP is not just about internal. Yes, it has a huge impact on internal and scaling and growth, but it has this other side effect, which is marketing. Mm-hmm. So when you build out your IP, you naturally build out marketing content that is thought leadership. I think that's the word we're all looking for here, right? Is thought leadership because you're going to build out something that is specific to you that you can go out to the market and say, hey, hello, over here, I've got this process of how to get you a result. Let me share that process with you. That process is your IP. And that's thought leadership. And that's powerful in a marketplace where there's a lot of people saying, the same things, how will you distinguish yourself? It's through having this IP marketing it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an example to illustrate this point you're making? I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but can you think of an example to really drive this home? If you're thinking about like IP in the sense of service delivery, let me give you an example. And this is not a coaching business example, but let me just give you an example from a service-based business. Okay. So if you think about a consultant, okay, so someone who, let me just differentiate between a coach and a consultant. So a consultant is someone who actually gets into a business and will do some of the work for the client in the business. And so that's the difference between a coach and a consultant. A coach uh, does not do the work, but they coach will through the work. In a consulting business, when we think about breaking out IP and looking at like these pillars, Mm -hmm. we're thinking about, okay, let's look at how, let's look at what the promise is. So in every consulting offer, I venture to say in every coaching offer, there's a promise in there that you are making the client. Okay. So I think it's more evident in a consulting offer where let's say you're a marketing consultant and maybe the end offer, the end promise is that I am going to help you triple your leads, whatever that is, right? Really concrete, right? In a consulting business. So if you have a promise, then we need to work backwards to figure out what is the process to deliver that promise. So if we work backwards, we're looking at, like you, like we talked about in coaching, there's onboarding, number one, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a pillar, right? We onboard, pillar. Pillar number two, we do strategy. Pillar number three, we start to implement and implementing can look like many different things. Pillar number four, we look at reviewing. And then pillar number Five, we are now looking at re-strategizing and making things better. You can see if you have a promise in an offer, it's a matter of working backwards to break out what the pillars are to meet that promise. And once you work backwards to break it out, you essentially have your IE system. At the most basic level, that's what it is. And so inside of that second pillar of strategy, there might be uh, 52 different possible tools or steps or things we could do, but those are the actions. That is not the IP. Yeah. So we call those playbooks. So if we think of a service delivery system, what you have is the, first of all, if you're a service-based business, and even if you're a coaching business, every 
service that you offer has its own delivery system. So I just want to be clear there, right? So if you have three different service offerings, you got three different service delivery systems, not one. Okay. So in the situation where let's say you are a business who has two different types of service offerings, you have two delivery systems. Every delivery system in itself is going to have what we call those pillars, right? Like the example of those five pillars I just broke out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Underneath those pillars are what we call playbooks. So you could, under strategy, have 10 different playbooks to deliver on that one piece of the pillar. And then under every playbook lives your processes. We call that the delivery system blueprint. Got it. And so three Ps. I've got the like intellectual property. So I have the pillar and then I have the playbook and then I have the process. Yeah. That's and your intellectual property in whole. Yeah. That's the system that I just described here. The system is you've got service delivery and in your service delivery, you've got different pillars. So I call them milestones, right? So different pillars or milestones. Every single milestone or pillar has playbooks in them. You could have more than one playbook. And yeah. inside a playbook is processes. That would equal a intellectual property for service delivery right there. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45-second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom-built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. So how could you break down for us some possible steps for the coach who's listening to this, their mind is a little bit blown. <laughs> and now they're thinking, okay, I've been doing this for a few years. I know I have IP in there. How do I go and find it? So what would the process be for someone who wants to take the time to go through and identify all of these pillars and processes and playbooks? I think the first step is to look at, again, the promise that you're making to the client. What is that promise? And if once you understand what that promise is, you need to look at what are the different milestones that you're helping that client reach. Any type of coaching business or coaching offering there are certain places you want to take the client before they can get to the end result, right? It really isn't a zipping. We talked about this zipping from A to Z. It really isn't zipping from A to Z. They don't start (laughs) working with you and get to the end result. So if your objective is to help someone dispel a certain type of mindset that's happening for them, well, if you broke it out into pillars, what's the first thing that has to happen? Do you have to build awareness that's happening with the client first, right? And if that's your first pillar, building awareness, what are the tools that you're using to build that awareness within the client, aka awareness building equals pillar one, and the tools to help you get to that awareness equals your milestones. And then under each of those tools is your 
process. That's what I really encourage people to do is to really think about, hey, this is not zipping to A to Z. I really am going from A to B and B to C and C to D, right? To get to A to Z. And what are those things that have to happen? Once you identify that top layer, those milestones, everything gets easier from there. Completely. And you can, like you said earlier, it's a living, breathing organism. So you can add, you can delete, you can tweak once you identify it. I'm just getting so excited about the confidence building opportunity you are presenting to all of our listeners. Forget about selling more easily and coming up with content more easily and being a thought leader in the marketplace. That internal shift when you can actually pull up a document (laughs) and look in black and white what your IP is and what the impact you're making is and what the intentionality Mm -hmm. that you're unconsciously bringing to your clients. Yeah. yeah, To know that inside you is a roadmap. Yeah, totally. To know that like inside you is a roadmap. I've been doing this for 10 years and I will Mm -hmm. tell you, everyone has a roadmap inside them. And it's a matter of believing you have the roadmap and spending the time to work on your business to find that roadmap. And we talked about some, I guess, more tactical things you could be doing if you're really confused earlier, something along the lines of, hey, recording your coaching sessions, listening to your coaching sessions, right? That will give you a lot of insight in discovering, oh, what is my pillar? Where is the commonalities, the patterns that I see happening here when I'm taking my client through our six-month coaching agreement or whatever that is for you? And so if you're really, really stuck, step number one, record yourself. And I know most people hate listening to themselves. That's why I always say, dump it in a a transcription software. AI is great right now. Dump it in there. They even pull key messages for you in some of these um, note-taking AI stuff. And, you know, that's going to help you get some more clarity in what your milestones are, what your process is. So I have two other suggestions, things that I do unconsciously. So one of the things I do when I'm recording podcast episodes or coaching a client, I'm so particular, but so I have a landscape notepad instead of a vertical notepad. It's more wide than it is long. Nice. If you're listening, you'll have to visualize it. And I take one quarter of the page. I draw a line through it. You can see it. Our listeners can't, but there's a line here. All of the stuff on the right side of the page are notes about what I'm doing. They're not notes about what we talked about. It's not accountability. It's just me identifying in our conversation, what are the steps we are talking about as we're talking about them? Because this is just going to help me with our content and like mm-hmm. the inter- all these other pieces for the podcast. But as a coach, you could have a little post-it note, a little corner on your notepad where you're just in real time identifying a word okay, here's the tool that we used or here's the thing that we're working on. Because for some of us, especially if you've been coaching for a long time, what it feels like is almost like you're channeling. Like you're so connected to and plugged in that it's hard even listening back to be able to identify what's happening. But in real time, that's been really helpful for me. And then the other tip I'd love to share with our listeners, give yourself a buffer. So if you have an hour-long coaching session, even if it's just 15 minutes, as soon as that session is over, instead of going to do the next thing, just write down notes about your IP while it's really, really fresh and you're plugged into it. That's been helpful. I love what you pointed out there, working on your business, 
can only, it only takes 15 minutes after a call to work on your business, which is, you know, that's a great tip. It's like, hey, after you hang up the call, work on your business by taking 15 minutes to gather some notes about what you did in that call that was really powerful. And sometimes, you know what? It could be two questions that you always ask that is extremely mm. powerful. And guess what? That could be your process for your second coaching call pillar or your third, but whatever that is. Again, it's like we said earlier, it's not always more is more. Less can be more. I encourage people to start small. Like you don't have to think about, I'm going to create my IP and it's got to be like 10 pillars strong. If you've got two pillars to begin with, begin with two pillars. Less is more and you will grow it from there. So can we talk a little bit about how a coach might talk about their IP? Because I could see I've got 17 playbooks and I'm going to tell everyone every process inside of every playbook and just like overwhelm our team, overwhelm the people we're selling to. So how do we find the best way to talk about RP once it's created? Overwhelm is real, right? So there are (laughs) things that you share externally and things that stay internal. Yeah. So if we think of the higher level milestones that are really our pillars inside our IP or or in this case, service delivery system, that's Mm -hmm. external, right? Because we want to help people see and be able to visualize, oh, it's five steps. Oh, it's three steps. If you said to someone, it's 20 steps, guess what? You're going to overwhelm them and they're not interested because no one wants to hire someone to be overwhelmed. That's not what they're in it for. (laughs) So I think there's a bit of understanding like externally, how do you want to frame this so that the client or the person who's buying your coaching can feel like, yeah, they can do it. And typically that's three to five steps that you want to share. On the inside, if you have a pillar that has like 52 playbooks in it, my question to you is why do you have 52 playbooks? Because that's an opportunity to do what I call streamlining. Okay. So there should be no, there, unless you're a corporation, there shouldn't be 52 playbooks inside a milestone. Maybe we're looking at three playbooks inside there. And then when you get to that pillar, there maybe is some sort of process that helps you identify which playbook do we choose in this pillar, right? So that process will then help narrow down what your team has to do. That process, again, could be one question, right? Maybe you asked a question in the call and there's typically three answers that flow from that. One answer flowed from that question that leads to this playbook. That's how we create an IP is by getting that honed in. That's why I would say to someone who has a gazillion processes right now, or thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to end up a gazillion process. That's not our goal here. Our goal is to create that refined flow where it's like, we understand when I ask a question here, I might get four or five different answers. And from this answer, it will lead to this path. And also understanding that, yes, indeed, every client is different. And yes, indeed, there will be times where you're pulling out tools that may not be in any sort of specific playbook, but they serve that client in the moment. So what I'm understanding here is we've got this really clear IP. Everything has a system. We're being really thoughtful about what's necessary and what isn't so that we can use our own creative intelligence and our own intuition in the moment serving clients to break the rules, so to speak. I also hear what you're saying because I think when you're coaching a whole bunch of different people, it could feel like, wait, like one question won't lead to potentially three or five different answers. I could get 20 different answers. And I can see that. I can see that happening. However, here's my challenge. Like, I, I think that if you're trying to grow a business and the business has assets that other people can come in and help you deliver, 
I think, you know, there's a time in your business and you've had an episode about this as well too, this this power of niching. And, you know, are you afraid to find a niche? I think it was episode 157 of yours. And so again, right? I think there's an ultimate question as a coach you will end up having to ask yourself is, do you want to build something that's self-employment or do you want to build something that's a business? And if you truly want to build something that is a business, you might want to look at and choose a niche. And when you do choose a niche, some of these patterns, most of these patterns will become way more obvious to you because in a niche, right, you're getting more focused on solving something that's very specific to a person. Mm-hmm. Right? And when it's specific to a person, patterns always show up about how, what they're facing and what they need to solve it. I want to put that thought out there and just, you know, share that. Yeah. Like, of course, if you're serving all different types of people with different challenges, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder to figure out your IP and run the IP consistently. But if you're really looking at building a business and an asset and looking at, you know, figuring out a niche, it becomes easier to build out IP. And I think the place where creativity can come is inside of every playbook. So the reason I'm kind of hooked into this, I have a a client who was in a program that was very committed to its IP to the detriment of this client, where the client was like, I know the process is X, but I really feel like for me, I need to do X plus a little bit of this Y, and her coach would not permit her to do that. And it didn't work. The client didn't feel satisfied. It, she wasn't getting results. It just wasn't aligned for her. So I think, and I'm just feeling into a few of the coachy, coachy coaches in my community who love the in the heat of the moment, the beauty that happens when we're just plugged in. So what I'm understanding from the very clear case you're making is it's IP that allows for those moments of inspiration and creativity. It's almost like in a former life, Audrey, I worked with actors. I was a business coach for actors. So I think this is a great metaphor. Improvisation, which is like SNL, it's sketch comedy. It's literally making stories up in real time. That's what you do when you improvise. If you and I just started to improvise right now, it would be terrible. (laughs) We wouldn't really ever get the story off the ground. It wouldn't be fun for either of us. But taking an improv class together where we learn the rules, we have essentially a playbook. Relying on the playbook is what allows us to really express and be creative and take the story somewhere. So I'm understanding IP at the idea of a playbook, similarly to having like rules and boundaries of so that you know where the playground lives, essentially. I actually call them guardrails. So oh, you said great. rules and boundaries. So I call them guardrails. You've highlighted something that I actually hear quite often from mm. people I work with, which is, well, won't processes and systems stop my creativity or make me less creative. I hear that a lot. You know, I work with designers, right? So graphic designers, and that's usually where I hear where it's like, hey, if I add in these processes and these systems, then where's all my creativity going to come from? And, you know, my answer to that is that, look, like you're going to have a way of doing things that is going to be like the foundation to how the results come about. And the way you do things is the foundation and that foundation needs guardrails. So your processes are the guardrails, right? To protect that foundation that you Mm. have. There's no one out there saying that if you bring someone in to run the processes, 
there's nothing to say that they can't be creative within it. Because if you think about guardrails in another way, it's kind of like, that's a sandbox, right? You think about yeah. like in a sandbox, there's kind of like, there's squares around the sandbox to hold the sand in, which is your foundation. The person playing in that sandbox can still build a castle, a shark, a butterfly, whatever it is they want to build, they can still build it. But there's a foundation and the guardrail there for them to do that. And that's yeah. kind of the way I visualize it. Yeah, I had the same picture in my mind. That's really, really helpful. Okay, so we talked about what the heck IP even is. You got very passionate when you explain that everyone has IP. It is inside of us. We focus specifically on the service delivery to distinguish between the pillars, the playbooks, and the processes. I loved your tip about just going back and listening to the recordings to pull out what your milestones are, which then reveal the playbooks. So we've covered so much ground. I'm just curious. I have a two-part question. Number one, outside, so after someone is recording, do you have a next step for them to begin embracing their own IP? Let's say you're doing the recordings, you're mm-hmm. putting in the transcripts, and you're finding the patterns. Once you find the patterns, basically you have your pillars. If you've identified your pillars, your next step is to figure out in this pillar, how do I get a result? Let's say your pillar is awareness. So the next step is asking yourself, okay, I understand that, wow, in my call, this client has to get to awareness. Step one, get to awareness. Now my job is to look at, well, how did I get them to awareness? Was it a set of specific questions that I asked? Was there an aha moment they had to have themselves? And if it was the aha moment, what led to the aha moment, right? There's work in, and I know this word is not a favorite word of everyone, but it's called analyzing, right? So it's called analyzing. There's an element of like analyzing, hey, how did that awareness happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's testing. So I think the one thing we have to be aware of is when we're first looking at creating our IP, we have to give ourselves permission not to be perfect. Like yeah. you're going to identify your pillar and it may not be perfect, but let's just call this your pillar for now. And let's do some analyzing and investigating what got us there. And maybe what we create, that tool that we create to, that we think help us got, get to the awareness, you know, maybe it isn't perfect, but what if we tried it and we tried it and maybe it worked 50% and the other 50% didn't work great. You know what? You just learned 50% of something awesome that works. And now you have the first part of your process. Let's learn what the rest of the 50% is, right? I think there's that mindset that really has to take place when you're finding your IP, right? When you're discovering your IP. Yeah. So identify, analyze, and test. I think what you have done today is make concrete this concept we hear all the time in the online space and especially in the coaching space, which is about like owning your genius, or embracing your own authority, all of that language, even becoming a thought leader, which sounds great, but how does it actually happen? And today, you've actually broken down the process of how that actually happens in practice. Thank you so much for all of the expertise you brought to this conversation. It was awesome. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking amazing questions, (laughs) Alice. I feel selfish because I'm just like hooked in and curious and wanting to have, I'm just selfishly asking all the things I want to know for myself. So I hope it's also helpful to our listeners. What's the best place for folks to connect with you after listening to this episode if they want to take things further? 
if you want to continue the conversation on IP, it, it doesn't have to stop here. You can join my free strategic connections roundtable. And that is at AudreyJoyQuan.com forward slash roundtable. Great. We'll include a link in the show notes. Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a really, really illuminating conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.